Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the official Leeds United podcast with me, Matthew Lewis. Um, but yeah, just me this week. Um, although, well, I tell a lie. Uh, Bridgie and I were very fortunate to have uh, Dan James come and join us a couple of weeks ago, uh, and that is the interview that you're going to have very shortly, hearing about his excellent form uh, so far this season and everything else to come. Uh, but before then. I, on behalf of the the podcast and and the club, would just like to offer our deepest condolences to the Gray family um, for the loss of Stuart Gray, who sadly passed away last week. A wonderful footballer and also did a little bit of acting playing his dad, Eddie, uh, in the Damned United. So uh, just from everyone here, we want to say that our our thoughts are with the Gray family and we wish you all the the very best and, and all of our deepest, sincerest condolences. In other news, uh, obviously there's the replay with Plymouth next week, as well as an away trip to Bristol. Um, So best of luck for everyone travelling. I know that's a lot of miles that you're going to be getting under your belt. The trains in the United Kingdom aren't the best, so I imagine there's going to be a lot of of driving. So everyone, please be safe when travelling to those fixtures, and let's hope that you can be rewarded with three points, a lesser-spotted fifth round, and dare I say it, second place for the first time this season best of luck guys and enjoy our chat with Dan James please welcome ladies and gentlemen the Welsh Wizard Dan James how you doing mate I'm not too bad how you doing um, very well very well thank you. in fact I wanted to ask you a question straight off the bat a, a tricky one for you so obviously you're a proud Welshman um, but you know, started your life in in East Yorkshire um, and career. What what do you consider yourself a, a Welshman, a Yorkshireman, a, a Humbersidean? What what do you what do you consider, Dan James? It's a difficult difficult question. Obviously, um, you know, I play for Wales. You know, um, so yeah, I'm really class as Welsh. But obviously, I was born I was born here, lived here, uh, England. Sorry, until I was sixteen, and I moved to Swansea. Um, Obviously, my my dad's from you know um, a place in the valleys called Aberdare, and you know obviously I had you know a lot of family there, um, you know big roots, and mum's from um, you know mum's from Hull, so it's it's uh, so fun. I think if you know um, you ask my mum, maybe maybe she'd say different, but. <laughs> right. uh, I think on my passport it says British. So is that going to be the diplomatic answer? <laughs> I can't say that. I play for Wales. I think um, you know. I class myself as a Welshman. Right. Well, Dan, I can um, I can back you up there. My kids were actually my wife had twins when I was playing for Hull City, yeah. and she her waters broke. Uh, when her waters broke, she says, "Can you quickly drive us back to the northeast?" I was like, "Why?" She went, "I don't want Hull on the passports." And she said, "I don't want the birth certificates where they were born." I was like, "That's shocking, that man." She oh, said, "I wouldn't have minded where if we were still living in Yorkshire," but she said, "I'm not having it on this side." So, so there you go, man. It's um, we've we've got the. Wow. I, I actually did let her give birth in Hull. I wasn't going to risk that one. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so, so generous of you, Bridget. <laughs> Got to be um, done. Well, Got to be done. We obviously want to talk about uh, this season and um, and in particular, you just said, obviously, you're a Swansea lad. Like, you want to talk about that that win um, at the weekend, um, which must have been particularly sweet for you um, away at Cardiff. But before we before we get on to the season and, and what's happening this year, I think it'd be a great opportunity maybe for some of our listeners to to maybe get to know you. I mean, we've had you on before, but we had you on obviously with with Joe and, and with Ethan at the at JD Sports and stuff. I think it's the first time we get to actually sit and, and just chat to you, Dan James, on your own. Um, and we've sort of done it with everyone else. We've sort of got to know people and how they got into football and their career. But it feels like you've been at Leeds so long now and yet we've not actually had that opportunity to do it. So I, I thought it'd be quite a nice thing to to, to sort of talk about your, your history with, with football and, and, and your career and whatnot and, and maybe just go a bit back in time before we concentrate on this season, if that's all right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's always nice talking about yourself, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's good to know. That's good to know. Um, so in in terms of that then, so, you know, you said you were born, you know, in, in, in Yorkshire. Um, how did your love, love affair with football come about then? Were you always going to be a footballer? I think, uh, yeah, I always went to kind of soccer camps when I was six, seven, you know, the summer ones and yeah, my brother went as well. And I think from very young, I, you know, I loved it and it was something, you know, I wanted to do. 
I don't think you get kind of a, to a certain age, maybe 13s, 14s, where you kind of think, you know, you want to do this full time, you want to get a scholarship, you want to become a professional footballer. But I think when you're obviously young, you just enjoy it. And, um, you know, I think I got picked up by Hull when I was under eights, under nines, and um, still play for my local team, which was which was South Cave, which is where I'm from. And uh, you had to, I was quite upset when I think, maybe 11s you had to choose whether I think the games become on the same day both on a Sunday or both on a Saturday and you couldn't play for both teams so I was I was upset that time because obviously I, I had good friends playing for my local team obviously they're people you grow up with since young and yeah. I think that was quite upsetting to move from that into to Hull City first time but full time sorry but um, it's you know it's, it's something when you're young you're not really thinking about but you know it was obviously great great for great for me to do that what age did you have to make that decision between leaving your 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 local team and going like not professional but going to play for Hull City I think that was round 11s I think maybe eights and nines was kind of like a shadow squad we, at the time right. we didn't really have like a full team there there was there was maybe like five or six uh and then I can't remember what age I think is it nines tens you kind of play that seven aside and then when you got is it under 11 you start going to 11 aside I think it was then that kind of that kind of, I think I think because when I was playing my mates for South Cave, you know, you have a lot of summer tournaments and you enjoy right. them. It's like an all day thing. And, you know, it was kind of leaving that, which was quite tough. Uh, and then you obviously go to Hull. Um, at the time we trained Wednesdays and Fridays. And I think we played, we played on Sundays. And do you get to a point where they basically say, you can, you, you've got to be exclusively at Hull now. You know, we can't have you going and getting injured playing for South Cave. Yeah, you do. You, you kind of sign that first contract. I think at that age, you kind of sign one or two years. And um, yeah, that's kind of, when you put pen to paper, you you can't have you know you can't play for both, and it's kind of a choice really. Wow. It's all about monitoring the matches that you play as well, Matt, and who you're doing. Like you've, because you know the the lads like like Dan that are good at one sport will be playing for the school team, the county, the the region. You want to play with your mates. So when you when you become part of an, a, the academy as such, um, it just changed after I signed for Sunderland. Actually, way way back when you couldn't represent everybody because they wanted to know how many teams you were playing for because if you were if you're playing right. after school for your school team and then you're going to train with the academy of an evening you'd be absolutely shot a bit so you're not actually seeing the best of the kids because they were worn out and they were doing so much so it was kind of to monitor them better to stop like the overuse and getting burnout at such a young age so I've I seen method in the madness but I really sympathise with Dan because when I was a kid I used to play for Whitley Bay Boys Club with me mates but there was never any scouts came to watch the teams that you'd go and watch is your Walls End Boys Clubs that's got an array of talent but I never mm. really had mates there but I wanted to go there and get spotted so I used to do one year with Whitley Bay and get smashed every week and then go and play for Walls End for a year and try and get spotted. So it was a, but I didn't want to lose my love of the game, hence why I kept going back to play with my mates. And I think that's the hardest thing the lads have got these days. When you get spotted, you've got a massive sacrifice to make at an early age, as Dan just explained. That's It's, it's really tough. That's a, a question I wanted to ask, actually. In terms of, like, for example, um, and this is a really... This is a really example, but someone asked me if I wanted to do um, video game streaming, right, on Twitch. Um, and okay. so you can make you can make loads of money off it, and all you do is play video games. And I love playing video games, right? And you've got enough money already. <laughs> and I realised that if if I was to do it streaming and I was doing it professionally, suddenly like the enjoyment of it, I would I would lose that. It wouldn't be for for me anymore. It wouldn't be fun anymore. I wouldn't. It would it would take something away that I enjoyed on a on a personal um, level. And I'm wondering with football, like, is there a point that we obviously you probably still enjoy it? And I don't want anyone to think that you're ungrateful and or you're doing what everyone dreams. But is there a point at which it ceases to be you being a young lad having fun, and then it becomes a job, and then it. it it just inherently is now, it's different. Yeah, I think I probably go back to when I was 12, 13 and I had to have a meeting with uh, quite a lot of staff at Hull City. Um, I think the head of the youth team was there as well. And I was missing a lot of training sessions and I was telling my mum and dad that I didn't want to go. Um, I wanted to play out with my mates and I was doing that for a while. I was doing a lot of, as you say, gaming then. I think in school, you'd used to come home and just play PlayStation yeah. until you went to bed. I and still do. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I was doing that a lot, but also I, I preferred going out with my mates. I, I wasn't enjoying it that time. And, um, you know, I kind of thanked them for convincing me to kind of push on with, with football. And, um, you know, obviously I did. And, uh, you know, I kind of thank them for that. Because at that time I was thinking of, and I'd just rather go play with my mates outside, yeah. like down the local park, play football down there than 
being a little bit more serious and going to training. Um, you know, I didn't quite enjoy it at that time, uh, but you know, as I said, people convinced me to to do otherwise. What was the turning point in that decision, Dan? Like, what what did and what kind of put put you off? Was it um, playing at the academies? Because I know it. I know personally for me, what what academy football is like from coaching it and playing it to being outside with your mates and having the freedom and the luxury to do what the hell you want. Do you know what I mean? So I say that. Just explain from yeah. your side how how you what what went through your thought process as to why uh, you fell out and what got you back into it. I think it was that kind of belief in me. I just um of of you know belief in you know you can you can make it in the game if you you obviously continue to do that if you know if you're choosing not to then um you know they felt like it was kind of a mistake um but but i think yeah around level 12 they they offered me a four-year contract until i was 16 um obviously you don't get paid there but to have that kind of feeling of that belief of of giving a four-year contract you know um which they which they don't give out all the time was mm. kind of you know really helped me kind of believe in myself to yeah. to continue to do it. That was the focus that you needed to give you a kick up the arse to get you back on on I track. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, I needed someone to to tell me really because I think it was obviously hard, uh, maybe for mum and dad because they just wanted me to you know enjoy myself and if I want to join it at Hull at the time, you know they wasn't gonna make me go. Um, but kind of a word from the coaches and. Someone higher up at the club obviously convinced me to do got the, it. Got the group of players that you came through then once you actually signed for Hull, you knew you had that four-year period and, and went on. I I was at Sunderland Youth Team. Three lads went on to make it out of our 22. And then I joined, obviously, Leeds Youth Team. I think there was about 15 of the lads on the Leeds Youth Team went on who had professional careers. They were, you know, an incredible youth team. Who who was your um, teammates that went on to get pro contracts apart from yourself? Uh, so, obviously, I moved when I was, I was 16. Um, to Swansea um, but a couple from the youth team I think who I played with um, a couple are at Gillingham now Matt Clark and Robbie McKenzie um, Josh Tymon who's at Swansea now was a year below me so I didn't do scholarship with him but he was a year below me there was a lad a year older than me went to the same school Harry Cardwell got signed for Reading when he was younger um, again just a handful of players compared to how many how many were there yeah they say uh, I think it's 1% will make it into a scholarship one percent of that will make it into into a professional, um, and then the one percent of that will have a career four years or more. I think. Wow. So like the odds are, the odds are you know so low anyway. And I think the game's evolving as well. I used to maybe train once or twice a week. It got to 15s, and I was only training once a week on a Wednesday because um, I'd be in the squad on the bench for the youth team on Saturday. Um, so I wouldn't play the Friday just in case I was playing Saturday. Didn't wouldn't train. Sorry. Uh, but now youngsters are training three, four, five times a week, which is must be a lot on obviously on the parents, especially yeah. when they're traveling. But that's why you're seeing these wonder kids of, of coming through. They're just all they're doing is football, football, football. And it does become tough because there's there's big competition when you're younger. And I think I felt at the time I was losing a bit of time, you know, with my mates. Yeah. But they're, they're training four times a week yeah. especially in the winter you're not getting really any time with them there's a different type of pressure comes with that football as well you're not you're not playing with the freedom and luxury where you can I think so, yeah. play a little cup willies and knock your mates knock your mates out in one-on-ones and things like that I mean a four-year contract yeah. at that age that's an immense amount of pressure to put on someone isn't it I think I think obviously that having that protection as well and you know I was fortunate fortunate for not to have been told to you know uh, you know being released leave a club but you know, obviously that that setback for some people is so hard, and I respect the people that you know have that and go on to have amazing careers because at such a young age to take a rejection from someone is I couldn't imagine of of how it felt um, to then go on and have a great career. Um, I know a lot of players come, you know, a release from clubs because maybe they're too small, and then. Then you see him play in the Premier League, the six foot four. So, um, yeah. and I, I really respect people, but who who go on and do that. But for parents as well, it, it must be tough because you're taking your, you know, um, your child to training four, three or four times a week. You're sacrificing a lot. You work until six, and you're taking them. You're taking them home. You're you standing in the freezing cold a lot of the nights, and then at sixteen to say you're not going to get a scholarship, and then it must be. 
it must be it must be so tough, you know. Um, I said there's there's so much. I'm going to that rigmarole at the moment with my daughter and son, Dan. <laughs> it's minus three at the minute, and I know yeah, that I've got to, I know I've got to get myself yeah. activated to take my daughter to train, mate, and stand there in the freezing cold. But they're the sacrifice we make as uh, yeah, parents to hopefully give our kids the dreams. Yeah, that envy, man. But yeah, I'm sure it'll be me one day. Well, so. I'm just gonna I'm <laughs> just gonna ask about that, mate. So you're obviously you're you're a, you're a father now, and 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 you're talking there about the pressures on on children. So, A, I was going to ask, do you feel like you got a childhood? Do you feel like you genuinely got to have it or it was something that you maybe had to sacrifice for the football? And B, would you be content to have your kids follow the similar path or would you try and steer them out away from it? No, I, I definitely got it. I had a great childhood. Uh, I made great friends who I'm still friends with now. And, you know, I've got a great family. I had, I had a really good childhood. And I think the hardest thing for me was when I moved away when I was 16. I was still a young boy. Um, but... If I go back to it, it's um, probably one of the. It's obviously the best thing I ever did right. to be where I am today, and to have them two years in a scholarship away from home, maybe mature really quick, and um, you know, kind of put you into that adult stage and being away from from home, staying in digs and not seeing your family as much. Were you um, with digs with lads, or were you the family? Yeah, no, my my best mate. Um, well. We weren't at the time, but he was uh, our Wales keeper at the same age. His mum and dad said he'd, they'd take me in. And obviously I played with him for about two years and, you know, we're, we're still best mates to this day. And wow. I stayed with him for two years and, you know, I'll always thank him for that uh, because they were absolutely brilliant and made me feel at home. And they would you know, obviously let my let my family and my parents come up whenever they wanted. You know, it was about five hours away. So it's uh, it was obviously a very tough one, but it's, um, you know, I'll always thank him for that because... I think going to that environment and feeling at home straight away and becoming one of the family helped me, you know, mature as a person, becoming, you know, that 16 to 18, a massive in your career of becoming that adult. And, you know, it goes, it goes so quick. You've got, to, you've got to learn quickly. Um, going back to your question about my little one. And I think I just would want them to do what they want to do. My little one at the minute absolutely loves football. Obviously I'm involved. He, he uh, goes to every, every home game and, He's at that age where he's starting to understand it a little bit more. How old is he, Dan? He's uh, he's two and a half now. Yeah, got it. Got um, I got another one on the way in March. Another boy. So congratulations. You know, I could have uh, a group Good of man. footballers there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. But obviously, me doing it all the time, playing football, and I think they obviously have love for the game. He only wants to wear football kits. Right. He, you know, he, every time I come home with kind of the badge on, he's saying "Daddy football" and. I think at that age, you just want them to enjoy it just like I did. Sure. You never want to push them to do anything and, until it becomes to a certain age where you kind of have the conversation as, do you, do you want to do you want to do this full time? But I'd, I'd never be pushy. And then I think uh, when I was younger, my, my dad was my, my coach and for South Cave and we'd always have arguments on, on the pitch. He'd always shout at me. But I always think he did it because he didn't want... Yeah to think that I was the favourite one sure. because, you know, the dad, yeah. my dad was my coach. Ah. Um, but, but it was always great and always drive me on. But I don't think I'd be that parent shouting on. Um, I don't think, you know, I'd have it in me. Um, but you never know until until you're there, do you? You kind of no. get into you it. You will. Yeah, yeah. My dad was yeah. the same with me yeah. and he used to embarrass the hell out because I used to yeah. turn around and say, Dad, <laughs> yeah, please, it does embarrass shut you, up. Yeah. And I'll never be you. I'll you're never be you. And now yeah. I'm watching my daughter and son go, for uh, God's yeah. sake, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. And, and they're saying the same thing. So history repeats yeah, itself. You don't realize yourself <laughs> saying it. Amazing. <laughs> so... I mean, it's just it's just such a, a a young age for anyone to to choose a career. Basically, I mean, have you ever had anything? You talked about setbacks and, and, and with with regard to other players that have been released from clubs, um, but you know, you've you've had a, a couple of, of of setbacks even even at Leeds United, um, which I would like to talk to if you don't talk about if you don't if you don't mind. Um, but before I get onto it, it, is there ever a point where you've you know you've 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 thought, oh God, I wish I didn't choose football. You know, like uh, it, when you, once you were over 16 and you're a man, was there any, because I just feel like 11, such an, an early age to go, right, this is my lot. This is my career for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, is there any point where you've gone, God, I wish I'd just chose literally anything else, which is hard for people to assume because it's such a dream job for so many people. But I'm yeah, just curious. Yeah, of course. I think when you're obviously really low in football, you know, you, you wouldn't say, oh, well, well, I shouldn't take this, but you're kind of being like, you know, I'm not going to make it. I don't, you know, I'm not enjoying it anymore. And I think that point in. came to me first. I think the first time I had that is when mm. I went on loan to Shrewsbury as a first, I think I was a first year pro at the time. I had a, a slight injury. Um, I had a sportsman growing up 
and I'd come back and I'd been maybe two weeks into rehab out of three, three and a half. And Shrewsbury said that, you know, they would overtake that. And uh, my agent rang me and, you know, they called, they called in May. So it was, you know, it was, it was for next season, they called in May and it was, you know, they obviously usually do it after the season's finished mm-hmm. in, in July, August, but they called May and, you know, they were eager to have me. And that's obviously hearing that as a player, you think, you know, right, they must want me, you know, I'm going to play. Um, you know, obviously you don't, you're not guaranteed to walk into the team, but if if a manager's thinking that early at the end of the season, then you know you're gonna it's 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 gonna be there whether you have other clubs or not. And uh, I can't, I went into kind of the second second week of my rehab, and they said they would finish it. And when I got there, I don't feel like I quite got myself better and got myself right before I started training. And the training was obviously quite high load. Uh, we were in, in in League One at the time. Um, and you know, I got there first day in pre-season, and I think obviously it was good to get their start. And but you kind of go into there from you know at Swansea where everything is kind of different, and um, not not so much uh, treated different, but obviously you go into a team with obviously a lot of experience. You're going from 21s football that can be a little bit fake at times, and going yeah. into a first team environment mm. and. Uh, I think that was that that was obviously quite tough. Was it a shock to the system from the style of football you'd been playing, Dan? Is that what is that what got you a bit rattled as well? I think so, yeah. And I think we were obviously very structured in the way we trained. You know, Monday could be individual, Tuesday would be an intensive day, short, sharp, extensive day on Wednesday, which is where you open up a little bit. You know, you do your gym. Thursday, a little bit of a down day, you maybe do cross and finish, and Friday would be praying for the game. Uh, whereas obviously I went into pre-season, it was just running, running, running. And um, all I was doing was running around the pitch all the time. And, you know, my game is is not obviously the long distance stuff. If I continuous run, I, I really struggle. And mine's the short, sharp stuff. You're sprinting recovery, aren't you? Sprint recovery, yeah. sprint, sprint recovery. recovery. Yeah. And, you know, you obviously have different profiles, players, and which they, they took into account at Swansea. But obviously when I went to Shrewsbury, it wasn't really, everyone was doing the same thing. Wow. I was I was running around the pitch and, you know, I'd, I'd be at the back with with the keepers and people, how, how are you that? You're a fit young lad. I was like, it's, and it's and it's obviously tough. Um, and I ended up not being in the first squad. That could have been so dangerous for your dynamics as well, mate, because they're changing actually. Yeah. At, the longer you do that, the less actually proactive sprint recoveries you become. It's, it's damaging for, yeah, what yeah. You're, for what you're known for. Did you recognise that at the time? Were you thinking, shit, this is, this is not doing me any good? Yeah, definitely. I, I did the most running I've ever done in pre-season <laughs> and I come out of pre-season and I was the most unfit I've ever been wow. because I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could sprint. Every sprint would, I would be absolutely blowing because... I didn't work on that kind of anaerobic system. Everything was aerobic, which I probably got better at. But yeah, my it's mechanics, game, like, you know, I had bad hips. Like I, I really struggled and it came back to the the sportsman's groin that I had. And um, I had it in, I had it that time. And the the January I had to have, have another up. But if we go back to the season, I first season I was out the squad. First game of the season I was out the squad. I wasn't even in the squad. And obviously I'd been brought in so early and yeah. that was obviously, especially when I, I wouldn't say I had, you know, I'd say that I had friends in the team, but no one that could put your arm around you to tell you, you know, that you would have kind of back at Swansea because you've come through with the boys. And that was that was really hard to take as a young lad to be brought and then watching the game in the stands was was so tough. And I didn't play, I didn't play any of the time until, you know, well, I didn't, I was out the squad every single game. And uh it come to the end of pre-season. Uh, no, sorry, the end of the window. So I'd be there from the start of the pre-season to the end of the window and my agent actually pulled me out and took me back to Swansea. And mm-hmm. I thank him for that because he rang me while I was away with Portugal with the under-19s, I think, and said, they're looking to bring a new winger in. And obviously that was more disappointing. Like, I'd not played at all and then now they're bringing another winger in. And he said, oh, I can get you out and... I'm so glad he did that because yeah. I didn't know that was that was something we can do. And, you know, that was, I went from thinking, wow, I'm going to play League One football. I can't wait to not playing at all and coming back straight away. And it was, it was almost embarrassing for me. I was so right. embarrassed and I come back and I still, I still had a really bad, um, 
you know, I was still getting really bad pains in, you know, my abdomen growing. But you would have been playing catch up. Yeah, I was. I was playing catch up. I see, Matt. Yeah, it's fascinating watching you, Matt, as Dan's talking because you're scratching your head because you know Dan's talking about a professional football club that has not taken into the account that this guy does not need this kind of training. Um, we don't have the this you know the specific analysis team to actually say what certain players know. You've got to know your players, and this is where they you know people th- talk about going into coaching football clubs and want to become a coach and a manager and things. You can't just go from being a player straight into being a manager without going through all the badges and the sucks, the, right. the courses to, under, to understand management and, and psychologists, the way you treat your players, get to know your players, how you handle your staff, what, what your staff need to know. You can't cover everything, but you've got to have an idea. And it, what Dan's saying there, this is a professional club that had no basically idea of what it's type of player they were getting to get the best out of him. And they've actually done him bloody damage. It's 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 yeah. frightening me, but that is the reality. Seeing you scratch your head there just made us realise you're thinking, what the hell? Yeah, I just come like, yeah, I just find that really like quite very very hard to believe. And obviously, you know, with with Leeds United in the last few years, we've had obviously Bielsa being very meticulous and stuff, and we're very fortunate on that front. And I know that most clubs don't have that level of attention to detail, but still, you'd assume something so basic as if they've scouted you and they've wanted to sign you so early, they know what you are as a player and in terms of S&C they would have tailored it to suit what they wanted from you that's just really baffling to me getting on from that Tuesday one Dan you've obviously at Leeds United you've had this kind of you know exciting player coming in and out I think Matt wants to go somewhere uh, before you actually came to Leeds United with the the situation when you were at Swansea and you you turned up and I think you was you were ready yeah. to sign because I was in Australia at the time and I was excited knowing that you were you yeah. actually we were going yeah. to sign you. Um, and then all of a sudden the next day I woke up in Australia and it had all gone if path poof it had it had all vanished. Do you mind talking about that situation? <laughs> what happened there, lad? No, of course not. It's um, it was a bit of a, a crazy one really. Uh, at the time I was at Swansea and no, I absolutely loved it there. I was I was playing on the Graham Potter and we were playing great football and. You know, I was absolutely loving it. And obviously, I was only in from September till Jan before before this come about. So, you know, I hadn't been the first team player that long. And at the time, you know, it, it was hard to be like, oh, to think about leaving. But I didn't have an offer from Swansea at the time for a new contract. And, you know, in, in the football, you, you've got to protect yourself. Mm. And Leeds wanted to come in and... I think I'm obviously met with the staff and, and, you know, they were very, they had a lot of belief in me and showed me a lot of clips and of myself and how I'd work in that team. And, you know, it was like, wow, like you've shown me all this and goes back to having that kind of, that belief from, from manager and players. And I, I didn't, I had that at Swansea, but it was, it, it was above the manager there and wow. he couldn't help it. He wanted me to stay, but he kind of had 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 no say in it at the time. And when you said you met staff at Leeds, did, did you meet Marcelo? No, I didn't meet Marcelo. I met I met his. I think I, I think I met Victor and I met um, the analysis guys, and they kind of showed that video. Training ground, stadium, or just somewhere in this incognito? I actually can't remember where it was, um, but I just I just remember meeting them and them kind of kind of showed me that and. It was obviously really tough because I'd, I'd come through Swansea and it was kind of a breakthrough year. And before, as I said, I'd, mm-hmm. I had Shrewsbury and, and the year before, maybe one, one and a half, two years before, I didn't, I, I was thinking coming back from Shrewsbury that I, it's, this isn't a game for me. Is it too physical? Even when I'm the first game for Swansea, we had Birmingham away. It was a dry pitch. I went up front and I, I, th- I think it was one of the videos of this is the championship and it was just like six tackles in like... <laughs> in like 10 seconds and I went up in the air twice. Can I just say, you are a player that I have never seen a player who doesn't go down, get the kicked out of him every week and get absolutely nothing to show for it. The amount of penalties that we you should have got, and, and it, I, 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 oh. I do not understand it at all. What is that? Like, why? Because you're not a player know. that dives, so why don't referees, like, when you get completely cleaned out, what is that about? Maybe I'm too honest and I don't go down or go down at the wrong moment, but it's... um. I think when running running fast, especially, it's like you know the referee maybe miss it or or you get a little knock and they think it's a dive, but it you know it's not. But the Rotherham one was the clearest one I've ever seen. Yeah, it doesn't take much to shove you off the ball when you're travelling at that speed, is it? Like the little slimmest little touch. No, it doesn't at all. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean it's been the last couple of years, mate. I, I, I mean I, I just um, I, I admire your temperament because I you know I'd, I'd I'd have lost my mind. You know if that kept happening every every game, I'd, I'd I'd lose my shit. I don't know how you managed to just get up and crack on. The Rotherham one away was the clearest one. I just think the referee was a bit blind to it. He didn't really see. It. I think he couldn't see it through bodies, but I was 
that was a that was a leg breaker. That one was that one was pretty bad. Um, but yeah, it was nice to get nice to get the one at Preston. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, I've got a credit for two things, mate. The way that you just said you're honest, you you are too honest. You do stay on your feet, but you've got to you've got to commend that. But how you don't react and get I'd, I'd oh, be yeah. swearing me head off at the referee and at the opponent. I'd, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd lose me rag, mate. So don't don't change. Keep doing what you're doing because we need you on the field as much as possible. Because this season, I've, there's a couple of things I'm taking you. It's been a sensational season for you personally. You know, nine goals, six assists. There's a rumor has it from one of my mates at that football club he's got a bigger nose than me where's the armband I'll not tell you who it is he says you might have um, started you might have started changing your breakfast routine and starting to eat porridge is that right porridge <laughs> you always have porridge <laughs> so what, what, what have you changed what have you changed have you changed your again. diet have you changed your, your training regime have you have you changed anything for the mindset what is what has inspired you is it Daniel Farker's system what has it been this season Dan that's got you um, absolutely firing all cylinders just consistency of games obviously great having a manager that obviously believes in you gives you great confidence and I think the biggest one for me is being more a little bit more selfish, not greedy, but a little bit more selfish in, in attacking mm. positions of, you know, taking the shot on. And I've said it a lot of times, there's been games where I've obviously gone, I've gone into and I've not really realised until I've kind of analysed it of, you know, how many shots I've had this game and I might have had one. There's games that I've been playing 90 minutes and I haven't had one shot and it's like, how do you want to score if you have zero shots? And the top scorer in the league is 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 usually, or the top five, they're usually the ones who take the most shots. You know, 10 might go over the bar, but they'll score in that game. And I think that's that's obviously a big thing. We're always we're always going to get opportunities. You know, we're a very attacking side and, and we obviously get a lot of opportunities. But um, to, to be a little bit more selfish and not making that pass and taking the shot on. And I think before there's been in moments where I've gone a little bit safe because I maybe missed and I thought, oh, I don't want to do that again. But, you know, I, I'm kind of in the moment and want to continue to be is I've missed it I'll, I'll I'll get the next one go again go again go again and, and kind of having that that mindset of um you know I'm going to score and you might miss a big opportunity it's like well no I'll, I'll go and get the next one and obviously there's times where you don't want to be too greedy and maybe you should have made the pass and not have a shot but kind of not listen to not listen to others too much around you when they're shouting at you that you should have passed it because you know that they they in their situation yeah. wouldn't have passed it either. So I, can vouch um, I know exactly what you're on about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but but also just just trying to. I said it. I think I said it the other day in an interview. But you know, kind of making the goals, kind of ones that ones that Cardiff, where you know it's 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 not a good goal, but you you kind of there and you're making that run nine times out of ten. You might not get it, but the tenth time you will and kind of getting into that that back stick position which is what I'll always encourage any winger at a young age to, to do it's alright picking it up in midfield and going and score a worldie but you know you'll add five, ten more goals a season if, if you make that back stick and if you do it every time knowing that the opposite winger fullback's going to cross it um, whether it comes to you perfectly whether it takes deflection but just, just being there and always making them runs is it's going to get you opportunities and goals and if it's not it's taking a defender away for, for space for, for another player to to put it in the net. Speaking of uh, of of Cardiff and taking defenders away, um, for the third goal, um, we, we, I mean, were you as shocked as anyone that that you ended up with that? <laughs> yeah, I felt. I I think I did. Like, I don't know. I just it was it was weird. I I kind of went shoulder shoulder one of them. They obviously ran into each other. I don't know if I twisted round, but the ball just ended up on my feet, and <laughs> you know, I just head down and and kind of run it to the goal. And I thought at the time I could run this myself, and obviously the their fullback read it a little bit, had a little bit of head start on me. Um, and I wanted, you know, obviously wanted to play Cree in. Uh, I think the guy blocked it off well mm. for for Cree to finish first time. Just tried to get it around him, and you know, he was he was very composed to. To play it back, Pat was obviously nice to, you know, I think we were all involved in it. Pat obviously dummied it for Georgie. Um, and then, you know, Georgie was nice and composed to finish. And I don't think I've ever seen a fan so happy for a player to score in my life. Um, <laughs> and the players as well. But Was it a little bit more special being a Swansea boy as well, scoring against them? I, I think it was obviously nice because you, you get a little bit of stick. Yeah. Uh, you get a little bit of stick from 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 rivalry fans, and obviously never played them in the first team for Swansea. Uh, I always played them when I was younger, um, but when obviously they're in the same league, I wasn't there. So, you know, it's kind of the first time I've been there away, 
so yeah, I had, I had a little bit of stick, but you know, it's obviously a little bit weird as well playing for Wales and yeah. then fans are supporting you when when you're playing for Wales. So you know, you you, you kind of got to phase it out and just kind of just in, in, enjoy that. You know, just just laugh it off, and that's the best thing best thing for it. I want to loop that uh, that goal, that final goal, back to. Um back to what we were discussing earlier about, about signing for Leeds originally, because I, inter- I interrupted you talking about, about referees and penalties. Um, but um, that you, at 90 minutes, 89 minutes, whatever it was, um, still had the engine and the willingness to run the length of the pitch for that final goal. I mean, that basically is kind of what... what Drew drew you to Bielsa, wasn't it? I mean, it was your it was your commitment um, and your willingness to be doing those hard yards even after after ninety minutes. Um, was that something that was brought up a lot during that during that initial phase of signing for Leeds? Yeah, it was obviously you know I think the way he wanted to play was you know he was very expansive and he liked his wingers to stay high and wide and and off the ball you had to be committed and I think that was obviously a big thing. Um, they obviously look at stats and things. Um, you know, it was it was obviously a big thing shown of of kind of work rate off the ball and the willingness to go win the ball back, even if it's not your man. I think yeah, yeah that was that was uh, that was a big reason. Um, you know, I never really thought anything of it at the time. It's obviously nice to really nice to score a goal, but you know, I enjoy winning the ball back for the team. I think it's it's obviously big. It gives me a big lift, and I think for fans when they see that as well, it gives them a big lift. So you you. Um, you got to Leeds. You'd spoken to a couple of staff, and obviously there's the <laughs> pictures of you holding the shirt and all that jazz. Yeah, so got leaked, what, didn't it? Yeah. what happened that night then? So I, I obviously, I did basically. I think it went on a while because we were waiting for the two clubs to kind of uh, make sure that it was it was agreed properly. So I did all the interviews. Obviously, the picture in the shirt that that got leaked in the end and. Yeah, I was, I was, you know, I was, I was there with my dad, my agent, and we were in the boardroom. Um, we were waiting a while, so we got a Chinese. I don't know, just down the road, I think the Chinese it was it was lovely, duck and pancakes I had. Uh, so yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. Obviously, just sat there ages, and I think that was the time where it become. I'm not sure deadline day was always twelve o'clock, but it was eleven o'clock that day, and I didn't realise it was got twenty minutes left. And someone told me, I was like, "What's what's going on here?" Like. Are we getting this done? And everyone was calm. So I thought, well, it must be fine. And the TV was obviously on. I was just watching myself like loads of times because January deadline day is obviously not as busy as, as, as summer ones. So I was, I was obviously, I was obviously coming up, coming up a lot. Um, and I was just watching myself. Is this, is this going to get done or not? I was thinking it, it, it has to, but yeah, it was, it, it come close. And, and I think, there was a little bit of dispute with the owner of of Swansea and the chairman, um, a bit of disagreement, and I don't think there was there was full awareness there of what was going on. Um, but yeah, the the chairman the wouldn't wouldn't sign wouldn't sign basically the the deal what? at Swansea to make sure that that it went through. Oh man, felt like a Leeds yeah. player. Yeah, I felt like a Leeds player because I'd done everything and met everyone it'd been great done my medical at the training ground and and uh yeah it, it didn't get good done and yeah the the Swansea chairman resigned the next day <laughs> jeez Louis I mean that is and uh I I I fully respect of of, of why he did it um you know I, I would I would never hate him for it he did did it for the right reasons he's and, trying to look at he was trying to hold um, on to one of his key assets that's what he was doing man well yeah I mean <laughs> do you think we'd have gone up that year if you'd signed <laughs> well if I came yeah. uh, maybe um, <laughs> what position was was that year? Was that the the? That's when we ended up dropping out in the we, we dropped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll say no more. That was it. Yep. Maybe I, I never know, but I remember coming back two weeks later. I, I, we played each other in two weeks later, and uh, um, I'd I'd never had goosebumps or kind of pause in the game as much as I did for that game at Ellen Road because I'd obviously not signed for two weeks before and. The whole stadium was chanting, "We he wants to be Leeds, Dan James, he wants to be Leeds. And wow. I was like in disbelief. I was standing at the front post from a corner. It was our corner. I was like shaking. I was still obviously 20 at the time and I didn't I didn't know how to react to this. And uh, I actually got a bigger applause coming off than I think Pat did. So <laughs> it, was, uh, it was obviously, it was obviously a bit crazy. But, <laughs> but, but, but going back to Swansea, I think the biggest question people ask me, how hard was it going back to Swansea? And 
it it actually wasn't because it was a team that I knew, yeah. a manager that trusted in me. I had great friends, and I just had to just kind of keep going, keep doing what what I need to do. Really, um, I remember the assistant uh, rang me up, and he said, "Can you can you play on Saturday? Like the manager wants to play on Saturday against Bristol. We had Bristol away. This was the Thursday, and I just said, I said." I love to play, but I just don't think I'm in the right frame of mind after what's happened. And I think you go back to, you don't want people to think that kind of that's in your head and mm. you're not, you know, you're not with it. Um, so I got back to Swansea. I did interviews to say roughly kind of what happened and, you know, I'm here and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, it's, it, it's great to be here and just kind of continue what I do. And, and you know, I enjoyed the rest of the season. I had obviously my missus there had, uh, you know, her family. I had all my best mates who, you know, I'm still best mates with to this day. I had everyone around me. So it actually wasn't difficult at the time when it first happened, but within three or four days, it, it kind of settled and just go and enjoy your football again. And, you know, that's what How I were did. the fans? Did they, did they just ignore it? I didn't get too much on it, really. Right. I think they kind of knew the ins and outs of, of I hadn't been offered a new contract. Right, and, okay. So they sympathised with the fact that it had gone on, yeah? They understood. Yeah, I think so. I think they were a bit annoyed not with the kind of the background scenes of kind of how it was happened that I was able to be sold, you know, during halfway through the season. Yeah. I think they were more annoyed with that. Yeah. Um, and they kind of understood, you know, they understood it really. So I think they were great with me when I got back. I think every transfer window that passes from now till the end of time, or as long as I'm going to live, there's so many, I've got, I've got a transfer deadline story as well when I signed for Hull City. That's for another podcast. But again, just madness to see what, what has <laughs> gone on. There's loads of footballers have stories of these transfer deadlines. The, 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 oh, you God, know, yeah. some great some great stories and some horrendous stories. So um, I respect you for, for having the mindset, you know, because I had rejection as a kid at the age of 13 and 15 from Newcastle and Middlesbrough. Um, Dan, you know, you were saying you don't know how you bounce back from that. Luckily, I did. I had a good mentor and my dad. Um, but I respect you for going back after what had happened to be able to get yourself focused again and play football because that would have that would have shot me to bits if I'd been known I was going to a club and not, not being able to, to fulfil that obligation. Just before we go into the season, if you'll indulge me slightly, I just wanted to ask one more question about... Um, First of all, I'm so glad that you are at Leeds now and that we finally got that deal done um, from that other grotty club across the, across the Pennines. And um, obviously, I want I just, and that you've been so brilliant this season. But I just want to touch on you going away on loan last year to Fulham because for many people that I spoke to, that was kind of Dan James done at Leeds. And I'm so glad it's not. But for a lot of people, it was. Um, they thought you you'd gone on loan and that would be a, a setting up to a permanent deal. What happened during that process? Because I've spoken to a couple of players and I won't name names, whatever. But there was a lot of people who were very sad to see you go on loan. Didn't understand it. Didn't know why. And um, I just want to know from your perspective what that process was was like after after having already been effectively messed around a bit in 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 your career up, building up to that point. Yeah, I think it was incredibly difficult because it, we had a good start of the season. I was involved in every game. I played, I think we beat, what, what did we beat? Chelsea 3-0. Three, three three yeah. We beat Chelsea 3-0 yeah. in the second game. Um, and then we, I can't remember who we played third game, but we had a we had a great start of the season and then it didn't really come about till deadline day. And you're talking about deadline day, some things just, just happened so quick. And, you know, to be set and then kind of have the, you know, that feeling of, oh, we may have, may have to leave here and obviously having a young family and it's not easy to just move and get a house and settle. And uh, my, my little one was just about to start nursery the next day. And Had you had rumblings of it or was it a deadline day shock, surprise? Suddenly you, you're off. No, there was definitely rumblings of it, but it's something that I didn't, you know, particularly want to do, you know? Yeah, sure. And, uh, and I, always, I always wanted to stay here, but... I think, you know, when you have a conversation with a few people and you don't really feel in their plans or you don't feel like you have that belief in you and and the World Cup's coming up, that it was a big factor of why I wanted to, why I felt, okay, I've got to go through this because the World Cup's coming up mm. in, a, in a weird time in November. You want to be as fit as possible. Having played the first few of the games this season, I felt like conversations where I'm not going to be involved. I don't really feel... Um, I feel like if I would have stayed, I, I would have backed myself, obviously. But I think that kind of not feeling that I wanted as much mm. and 
you know, football's a business at the end of the day. Things happen, things happen really quick and you've just got to get up and get on with it. That's part and parcel, which is, it's not nice. And, you know, but you, you kind of have to. And I think obviously I went down there and I had obviously a good conversation with Fulham. They're a, they're a great team, um, great manager. You know, they've, they've done absolutely excellent. And, you know, I felt kind of really in their plans. I mean, this season has absolutely been unreal. Uh, the performances that you've that you've put in this year so far, you, you you seem to be really really enjoying enjoying your your football. I I, I wonder if uh, there was something you mentioned um, there about playing it safe, which is which is kind of the death knell in in football. I mean, if you if you're playing it safe, it's that's kind of the the beginning of the end, perhaps. Um, but um, it, it, and again, I don't I don't want to sort of just shoehorn my my job into it. But one of the things that that I notice with 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 my job is that you've you've got to try stuff. You've got to try and be interesting and exciting. And if you're too afraid to fail then you, you're you going to play it safe and, and no one's going to want to watch that. No one's going to find that interesting to watch. And and so do you find that, um, I mean, obviously it's a results-based a results based business and you can't just fail, but do you find that under Farker, there is the opportunity for you, there's, a, there's a, a safe environment in which you can try stuff and you're not going to get hammered saying, why did you shoot from there? Because you, you're allowed to fail because that's what makes exciting footballers. Yeah, definitely. It's... Um... He has that kind of, you know, especially with the forward players, that license to, you know, go and go and take them risks because he wants that. Um, you know, you want it as a player, you want to see it as a manager, fans want to see that. But as you said, yeah, you be sometimes you come a little bit safe when things don't come off and maybe you're just passing backwards all the time. You're not going 1v1 and you feel, oh, I'm keeping the ball, but you're actually not doing anything. and the, the, Not affecting um, the game. And and then and then you're wondering yourself why you're getting brought off at sixty minutes right. because you're not really you're not really affecting the game. You might be defensively, but you're not on the pitch to do the defensive stuff as a forward player. You're on pitch to create goals um, and score goals, and you do go through them patches. But you've I think that's when it's good when you know you have pe- good people around you who can speak to you about it that you can take a little bit of constructive criticism off of. Okay, you're getting in these moments. This is what you were doing, you know, before, but now you you you're kind of coming away from them things, and um, it's t- it's taking them risks, and and I think sometimes, yeah, you, as you spoke about your job role, if if you if you're scared you're gonna fail, you're never gonna really reach your potential, or you'll always look back and be like, why didn't I do that? Yeah. You'll always regret that you that you didn't do it, and I think sometimes with with the manager, they'll always have certain points of of what to do, and. I've had stages in my career where I've done exactly what he wants to do. And then I think, oh, okay, I've done exactly what I want to do, but then I've not took any shots. I've not gone past any players. Um, I've kind of just stayed in my shape. I've done well. I've maybe won the ball back. You know, I've stayed out wide that he wanted me to, but I've not really created much. And sometimes you've just got you know, go off the cuff a little is, bit. Is that when you go back to there, what you were saying about being a little bit more selfish about Dan James and wanting to excite and be the Dan James player without going away from too much of the team tactics, yeah? Yeah, that, that, that's exactly it. And, um, you know, taking shots on and, you know, you might have players or managers around you being like, why don't you pass it? But go and do it again and go and do what, you know, what you love doing and, and you know, the the reason you got here is because of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If you come away from it, then, then you, you know, you, you're not, you know, you're not going to excel as a player, but um, as you said, you know, you're not going to play really. So if you, if you're going to be on the pitch as a forward player. Cause you're your not- dynamics in the way you played Dan, when you were growing up, who, who, who did you, um, who did you idolize as a footballer? Did you have any, anybody that you, you wanted to be? Yeah. So I, I love dead and hazard and, and Jeremy's right. kind of my idol yeah. of them two players. Yeah. Um, Thierry Henry was kind of when I was I was I was really young and he was absolutely brilliant. Um, things he could do with the ball, run from the halfway line, he could do anything. Don't say when you were really young because I played against him, so you made me feel really old. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, he tore my arse out. You know. <laughs> he tore my arse out every time we played. Yeah. <laughs> he still gives us goosebumps when you mention the name. He was a nightmare. Yeah, he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But Hazard, when he comes to the Premier League, it was something different, wasn't he? And yeah. he could do anything with the ball at his feet. He could receive back to goal. He could turn you. He was strong, quick. Yeah, there was one year where he was just literally unstoppable. And it was obviously not nice to see how many injuries he had his career because you want to see them players 
Um, you want to see them players every week, just like just like a De Bruyne. You know, you 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 hate to see him out injured because anyone from the outside, whether you if you unless you're playing them, loves watching loves watching what he can do with the ball and that kind of excellence. You know, I mean, just going what Bridget said there. You talked about you know having ten shots in a game, and if you sky out nine of them, but one of them goes in, it don't matter, does it? Um, and I know for, in ter- just because what we we're talking about, like I've said to directors before, I just want to try something. I'm just going to try something. And I've done it and it's been fucking terrible. It's been so embarrassing. I was like, oh, that was awful. I don't know why I did that. But then eventually one of them, one of those things that I try might be gold and that's what gets put in. Um, and I was just wondering, it's, it's, a, it's a thing you can do with Leeds right now because we have all the possession, we're on the front foot, we're attacking. Is is that something that you maybe have to shift when we when we get promoted, um, and maybe we don't have that much attacking, and maybe you have to be a bit more aware of of this could be the only chance you're going to get to shoot in the in the game. Would, would that shift depending on the opposition, or were you always going to play that way? I think you always kind of want to play that way. Don't get me wrong, you you're going to get less chances against the top teams, and you may only get one chance, but you know you believe that you're going to score that. You've got you know you've got to put. 100% into it rather than thinking or oh, sometimes you know I've had the one where not been through on goal but I've had a shot and I'm thinking where to pass it and someone takes it off you you know yeah but you've got to be clear in your mind of kind of what you want to do and and as you say going back to 10 shots you might score one people are very very quick to forget of yeah you know the nine that you missed and they when you when you score so that's why you've got to keep being you know prolific with it and keep keep going but yeah, it's it's obviously tough against the top teams. You might maybe get one chance, but you know you've just got to be clear with kind of what you want to do. If it's an easy square and pass across the box, then yeah, definitely you've you've got to pass it and not take the shot on. But um, if you're clear and hundred percent with your shot and and you you know believe that you can score, then even if you don't, you've got to know that you've made the right decision because then as again as I said again you go back to the change room thinking, oh, I should have passed it, should have passed it. And then you go into the next game and you think, <laughs> I'll pass it. And then it wasn't the right decision. Yeah. Take a shot. It's mind games with yourself. Is, is the stuff that keeps you up at night? Is, is the stuff <laughs> from your right. career where you go, like, this, is, is there still one moment where you're like, fuck, I should have done that from like five years ago? <laughs> um, maybe a couple. Yeah, I think I think some things that, that stick out, but... Um, you don't have to tell us. I was just no, curious. Well. No, I <laughs> I've got many a night just from not from Leeds United, from all the clubs. Yeah, you've just brought some flashing <laughs> memories back there of all me, all me misses. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, do well. Do, I've heard some of your stories, Bridgie. We don't need yeah. to put them on the show. <laughs> um, well, Dan, mate, we have we've had you on for over an hour now, and uh, honestly, it's been it's flown by. I mean, I've I've just been absolutely engrossed and fascinated by being what by what you're telling us. Um, you've been a, a, literally a perfect guest on on the show. Um, Thank you. So that's everyone. I, I actually genuinely don't. Some of, hey, do you, know <laughs> some of you are like blood from it's a the stone. It's first time I've heard him you. say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's my pleasure. It's, um, thank you for having me. Different class, mate. Listen, whatever you're doing this season, continue the trend on and off the field, mate. Um, you're a joy to watch. You're a credit to yourself and your family off the field, mate. I wish you all the best for the rest of your career, Dan, and obviously at Leeds United for this season, thank mate. Thank you very much. Especially top man thank you guys I mean what what can I say about that I mean the interview speaks for itself I could have I could have been I could have been going for for hours there I mean what a bloke yeah top top man well I guess we can we can leave it there um, for the week lots to lots to think on what a, what a wonderful interview see you next week see ya